Also, we heard that on the media advisory, the link to the WHO toolkit um, was corrupted and gave a wrong link to some weird Zoom link. This is no indication that there will be any Zoom there. No, this just means the link was corrupted today after the press brief when we sent the post press uh, post presser update and the audio files. We will also resend the link and send the press release to everybody. So you will have everything in one go shortly after this press briefing today. With this, um, I'm very happy to turn over to Dr. Rüdiger Krechnau, Director of Health Promotion here at WHO, um, to explain the important topic to you. Here you go. Thank you very much, Christian, for that kind introduction. And I'd like to welcome you all to open this year's press conference for World No Tobacco Day. I'm pleased to introduce my colleagues, Dr. Adriana Blanco, head of the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control, and Dr. Vinayak Prasad, coordinator for the No Tobacco Unit. And our special guest of honor, Nicolas Martinez, representing students working against tobacco, one of this year's World No Tobacco Day award winners. This year marks 50 years since the first resolution on tobacco was passed at the World Health Assembly. We've made great strides in this time, but we've also had some setbacks. If we, we are not careful, we may lose ground in tobacco control as the industry persists and is looking to hook a new younger generation on its products. We set out to do a bold campaign to reach youth and audiences that is targeted directly by the tobacco and nicotine industry. Over 40 million young people have already started to use tobacco aged 13 to 15. And this number doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of young tobacco users globally. The industry sets its sights on youth, whether it is in markets where regulations are, not, are lacking or void, or with new products that have not yet been regulated. We must invest in our youth and ensure that they have the tools that they need to say no to tobacco and nicotine industry. That's why WHO is launching a new school toolkit that provides youth with this knowledge. The toolkit exposes tactics such as parties and concerts hosted by the tobacco and related industries, e-cigarette flavors that attract youth in like bubble gum and candy, e-cigarette re cigarette representatives presenting in schools and, in, and product placement in popular youth streaming shows. WHO has worked with new partners from the tech and media sectors to reach more young people, including TikTok, Tinder, Pinterest, or YouTube. We are here today to join youth and, uh, in their fight against the tobacco and nicotine industries. Thank you very much. Let me now turn over to Adriana Blanca Marquiso. She's the head of the Convention Secretary of uh, WHO FCTC. That's the Framework Convention of, uh, for Tobacco Control. Adriana, over to you, please. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you uh, for the invitation to share from to the secretary to share this uh, moment with the World Not uh, World Health Organization. 
really I was thinking that uh, taking into account the theme of this day, it was very timely, a new publication, The Lancet, that some days ago uh, showed that when you compare, in a, in, a, in a very large study, when you compare never smokers with smokers, especially those that have been into a smoke before age 15, and even worse, upon age 10, if you can imagine that kids begin before age 10, they show the highest all-cause mortality of all the groups in this prospective long study that has been published. And this is really concerning when you think that about 100 million smokers have already begun before the age of 15. So really, the engagement of the youth is, is a very concerning issue in, in the area of tobacco. This is why uh, in this year, World Not Tobacco Day, the secretary is calling parties to uh, strengthen or implement the, the main measures of the FCTC and especially the ban on tobacco advertising, promotion and sponsorship, including transborder advertisement, and also the implementation of the regulation of the pro tobacco products and its component that is in the partial guidelines of Article 9 and 10. And with this, uh, regulate this uh, market that is uh, so directed to youth and not as the tobacco industry tries to say just to try to, to get uh, adult smoker to change brand, what we know is, is not the case. Adolescents and young people can be uh, empowered to protect themselves when they understand the intention of this industry. An, an industry that really wants them hooked in an addictive behavior just in order to keep their profits, even if it goes against uh, public health. So thank you very much. And I give the floor to my colleague. Um, Adriana Blanco Macriso. Um, we'll hand over now to Dr. Vinayak Prasad, who is the coordinator at the No Tobacco Unit here at the World Health Organization. Over to you, Vinayak. Uh, Vinayak, it sounded as if you may want to start again because you s looks like you were muted. Please start again from the beginning. Is this okay? Now it's very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so thank you very much. So uh, this year's uh, focus on tobacco and nicotine industry tactics uh, is basically uh, trying to bring out the knowledge and also to empower the younger people with that knowledge. And why is it so? Because the tobacco industry does have a huge marketing budget. At the moment, they're spending a million dollars uh, an hour, which is by the time you finish our press conference, that's a million dollars spent. And, and why are they doing it? Because they're doing it to find replacement do, uh, users. Eight million premature deaths every year. So they need to find new uh, replacements. But their tactics could range, as Adriana mentioned, ranging from direct, indirect forms of advertisements, sponsorships, promotions, and some of them are very subtle. And let's take, take the case of last year. Before the World of Tobacco Day, they came with this idea of creating a smoke-free world. But what was that? That was to market their own product, heat, heated tobacco product, which is heat not burn, which they say. This year, they're wanting to celebrate World Vape 
day, just one day before World Not Tobacco Day. And that's a tactics to market electronic cigarettes, which we all know uh, develops brain de uh, development of younger people. So they have a long history of uh, being, using these tactics and all opposing all forms of evidence-based measures to reduce uh, tobacco use, whether it's uh, raising excise taxes, complete bans on uh, advertising, promotion, and sponsorship, and also threatening a lot of legal action. And so this World of Tobacco Day hopefully will empower the youth and get them to demand what they want, a tobacco-free world. And let me hand over to uh, Nicholas Martinez, our, the student representative uh, from uh, the students working against tobacco, uh, because it's best to hear the youth. Over. As Vinayak uh, already indicated, uh, over to you, Nicolas Martinez. Uh, he's from Students Working Against Tobacco. Please go ahead. Hello, thank you for having me. My name is, as you guys said, Nicholas Martinez. I am from Miami-Dade County, Florida. I am SWA, which is Students Working Against Tobacco. I represent 6,500 students all throughout the state of Florida. And we won the World Tobacco Day Award last year for our campaign, which is not a lab campaign, which is basically us, 6,500 students, instead of Florida saying to Big Tobacco, hey, we are no lab rats, don't experiment on us, don't test your new products, your e-cigarettes on us, because we don't know the long-term effects of those things. We don't know what they're putting in their cigarettes right now, it might affect us in 10, 20 years from now, because as you guys know before, tobacco was like promoted as a good thing, as a healthy thing, but now we know the real causes of it. Back then, those people were the lab rats, and now we are the new lab rats to Big Tobacco, and it's enough is enough, and thanks to who, the WHO, helping us through all this information. So are all the students fighting to change policy and to basically stand up to Big Tobacco and say no. It's very important. And I want to be a politician when I grow up and I want to change policy. Hopefully, thanks to all the things that I'm learning now and seeing all the damages that Big Tobacco has done to the youth, I'm able to use this in the future. So thank you for having me here today. of yours, friends of yours have been also doing the social media today with us. So thanks for doing this. Yes. With this, we're opening up uh, for questions. And of course, all four of us here, or four of, four of the panelists will be happy um, to answer. Let me maybe also mention at the same time, um, independent of World No Tobacco Day, uh, there was a, a tool um, launched by WHO two days ago, um, a technical guidance on COVID-19 and tobacco. So we are also answering questions if, on this if, uh, if it came up, but let's focus, of course, on World No Tobacco Day and the topic we're just uh, discussing, the uh, tobacco industry exploitation of children and young people worldwide. So with this, I give the, first, the floor to the first uh, question to the Swiss News. Laurent, Laurent, over to you. Can you hear me? Very well, thank you. Very good. Uh, question either to uh, Mr. Craig or to Ms. Blanco. Um, in the past, Swiss, Switzerland has been quite targeted uh, by, by both the, the Framework Convention Secretariat and WHO, uh, specifically on that. And, and the debate in Switzerland has been delayed uh, on a ban for years now. So which are the bad countries? Because it seems that your call is both 
towards industry, but also to, towards governments. So what do you have to say to Switzerland in, in that context of, of uh, World Tobacco Day, a focus on that this year? Thank you very much, uh, Laurent. I think we'll hand this to Adriana. Adriana from, from FCTC. Unmuting, please. Yes, I did. Oh, here you go. Thank you, Laurent, for, for the question. Really, what we can say to, to Switzerland is uh, that we wait uh, that you became a party of our uh, secret, uh, our convention and our protocol, because I think that will help uh, the population of, of uh, Switzerland to uh, be protected of the problem of, of tobacco use and, and this targeting, among others, this targeting to, to, young, to young people. So really, uh, we are uh, at your disposal in, in the Convention Secretariat to help the country, if the country decides so, to, to help them to become a party that I think it will be very helpful uh, for the future uh, health of the people. Follow up on that. Do you think that Switzerland now currently is, is the worst player uh, on that issue of, of uh, banning uh, promotion towards the, the young people? No, no, no. I don't think that, that uh, Switzerland is the worst player. There are, uh, it's, it's not my, my job really to judge what the country is that, but really I can tell you that even um, there is totally an heterogeneous way of application of the ban on tobacco advertising promotion and sponsorship. And it's one of the measures of the framework convention that has been less applied in, in the world. So really, it's, it's really a whole global call to our parties to, to put more political will in this area, understanding that it has been proven that advertising promotion and sponsorship has a direct impact in the consumption uh, for kids and usually usually is directed to kids the, because this is a niche for for the industry but no i, I don't think that switzerland is the, the the worst thank you very much and we'll have uh, dr krech uh, who will add something thank you laurent also for your two questions now looking at uh, at the issue of the day which is really industry targeting children and young people let me just give you a figure how many children and young people are using e-cigarettes. That's for Switzerland, 16.8%. 16.8% of young people use e-cigarettes. And that's, as Dr. Prasad already said, that's a tactic of the tobacco industry to hook children and young people onto smoking, uh, tobacco smoke. And so if you compare that, there's only 1.5% of adults using e-cigarettes. So there's a huge potential now for the tobacco industry to hook our children to tobacco smoke. And therefore, yes, we welcome any regulation coming from Switzerland. Thank you very much uh, to you. So next we'll take Voice of America, Lisa Schlein. Uh, Lisa, please go ahead. We don't hear you. Hello, you hear me now? Now we got you. Oh, good. I unmuted myself. Hi, Christian. How are you doing? Um, you <laughs> oh, oh, 
Okay. Um, first, I'd like to just follow up on uh, Mr. Kretsch on the answer that you gave to my colleague, Laurent. You gave him the figures of e-cigarettes for Switzerland. Uh, do you have a global figure that you could share with us on that? And uh, while we're on the subject of e-cigarettes, um, it, is the World Health Organization working on regulations? Uh, are you working with different, different countries, uh, different governments on regulating these products? And are you having a battle royal with uh, the tobacco industry regarding that? That's my follow-up to Laurent's question. Then I have another question after, if I may. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, Lisa. Uh, so uh, globally, so to follow up on, on Laurent's question, globally we have data from, from uh, 39 countries uh, on, um, on um, uh, adolescents and children vaping globally that show that around 9% of adolescents aged 13 and 15 are using e-cigarettes. Now, what does this mean for the United States? Uh, in 2018, 10.5% um, of uh, children and adolescents were actually using e-cigarettes in the US. And we have a huge increase here um, uh, that we see over the last couple of years. Um, okay, thank you. May I conti continue? I'm still sure, being, please. Still, do, do you follow still, up? Yeah. Please. Still do. Being, yes. I'm, I'm flying blind here. I can't tell who's who's chatting or not or whatever. Anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'd like I'd like to understand whether uh, the tobacco industry is mainly targeting young uh, people in. Um, developed or in developing countries and whether the uh, tactics utilized in, uh, in wealthy uh, or, or developing countries in Africa, for instance, is different from the kinds of tactics that the industry uh, employs uh, in developed countries. I have more questions, but I'll wait until later because my other colleagues probably want to ask you questions too. So, so yeah, you, thank you. And let's uh, see your please, hand later please back up again. That. Yeah. yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> the, 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 the tactics are very mean uh, by the tobacco industry and very targeted towards different countries. Um, so first of all, we have 44 million children and adolescents smoking at the moment. Uh, um, and uh, what we know is uh, we used to have 20 million cigarette smokers. So the 44 is, is covering everything. Um, uh, also biddies and, and other, um, other tobacco uh, smoking. Uh, and out of this 20 million cigarette smokers we had in 2014, today, only seven years later, we have 24 million. So there's a huge increase in that number. Now, what, is the, what are the tactics? Um, we see tactics, um, you know, on the display. In some countries where it's not regulated, you find tobacco products close to candies in the, in the supermarkets. You find, um, 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 you know, um, advisors, so-called, so uh, going into schools to um, educate uh, young children on using e-cigarettes. Uh, you find um, giving out uh, free cigarettes uh, in developing countries. You find uh, people giving out uh, heads, caps, whatever, 
uh, gadgets um, to uh, poor children uh, in developing countries. So they are targeting their tactics very much to the countries. Thank you. I think that answers it. Um, and thank you, Lisa. We'll come back to you later when uh, we have more and work through the uh, list of questions from your colleagues. Um, I'll go now to um, Rubrik, um, the magazine Rubrik. That's Marina Smahina. If you could please introduce yourself briefly, Marina, and please unmute yourself. Over. Hi. Hello. Do you hear me? Yes. Good. Um, my question is, are all tobacco and nicotine products equally harmful or not? And uh, are e-cigarettes and heated tobacco products better for smokers than cigarettes? Thank you. Thank you very much. A very important question. Uh, we'll start with Dr. Grech. Yeah, all tobacco products are harmful. Um, and uh, so if people say e-cigarettes are less harmful, um, we cannot say that. And the reason why we, um, we don't think so is that you can manipulate all these um, e-cigarette um, devices. 98% uh, of them are manipulative. That means that you can actually choose how much nicotine you're actually inhaling. And um, it, sometimes you can inhale more nicotine than with tobacco, sm with, with cigarette smoke, right? So all uh, are harmful. Uh, there's no better or worse. They're all harmful. So that's from my side, but perhaps uh, Adriana Vinayak, you want to add? Yeah, I'm looking at the panel. Anybody? Up, uh, let me look at Adriana first. Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, you know that in the co in the convention we have our governing body that is made by all the parties that are in the in the convention that is called the conference of the parties. And this issue of uh, the new and emerging product, as we call in a in, in a general all these new products that are in the in the market, has been in discussion for the last three COPs. And each year we get a report from WHO on the scientific uh, level of how the, the science has evolved in, in that area and the COP take a decision. Up to now, uh, up to the last COP, two years ago, the, the next one should have been this year, but we need to postpone it to 2021. Up to now, we don't have enough scientific evidence to affirm that this product is safe to recommend in general to the use not to talking about the kids or the young, that we are talking about adults, that there is not enough. So what the COP, the, the Conference of the Parties has decided and recommended to, to the peers, to the parties, is that they, they should at least regulate. They can ban it if countries think that for the precautionary uh, uh, principle, they want to ban until the science explains itself or they can regulate. But what is important, and the country has all agreed, while they disagree in some other areas, what they all agree is that they should protect youth for initiation, they should protect non-smokers from initiation, they should protect the measures already taken by the countries, for example, smoke-free places, that those new pros should not be allowed in smoke-free places, and it should not be allowed to be uh, uh, publicized, advertised, or, or using a sponsorship, because until there is not a, sorry, because these usually are to, directed toward the youth and not to the other person. So, so far we are going to, the, the parties are going to discuss this in the next COP, when again WHO is going to 
give us a new report of the up-to-date uh, science uh, on this problem. Maybe just to add from my side, the COP is the conference of the party, of the, of the parties of the WHO Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. It's uh, all the this, uh, signatories to the treaty of, of the so-called WHO FCTC. Um, thank you very much. Um, Vinayak Prasad, are you, uh, do you want to add something to this or do we continue? Please unmute thank yourself. You. Thank you. So, yeah. so one thing, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, that the e-cigarette and the heated tobacco product market is less than half percent of the world's market and not going to go up the way it's trending. The tobacco industry continues to sell tobacco, cigarettes and other forms of tobacco, and that's what they're doing, to make money out of it. So they start with slim, they start with mild, they start with filters, now they're starting with heated tobacco products. The evidence base is not that it's safer or less safer. So the industry is continuing to market the to traditional tobacco product in 80% of the developing world. That's where the market is. And that's where the strategy of the industry is to keep looking, uh, promoting these products uh, so that they create confusion amongst the regulators. And it's very important to realize this uh, because the market for e-cigarettes otherwise is very small. And it's not going up uh, except in the US, UK, France, uh, and, and, and China at this point of time. I'll stop. Important points here. Um, I'd like to move on to AFP, Agence France Presse, uh, Robin. Robin, please, and un unmute yourself. Uh, yes, we, we've spoken about um, children aged 13 to 15. I think you had a figure of 44 million there. Are there any figures for the numbers of smokers under the age of 15? And, uh, and secondly, um, talking about this problem, are there any positive signs at all? that the industry recognizes that this is the problem and it should be doing something about it. Yeah, so on, on the data, um, usually uh, data are collected and that has some um, data security um, issues uh, from the, as from the age of 13. So we do not, unfortunately, do not have uh, good numbers, reliable figures below the age of 13. Um, that is, um, yeah, that's a bit frustrating because we, we see that it's obviously not starting at the age of 13. There's many more children that are working, uh, smoking below the age, but we just don't have the, the real evidence for it. Um, is there a sign that the uh, industry understands what they're doing? Of course they do understand what they're doing because they're, they're, they're targeting these children and adolescents. 90% uh, of all smokers start at the age before 18 with smoking. And that's deliberate. It's not a mistake, they, they think, but then they, there's narrative, what they say, but what they do is de deadly. Thank you very much. And as we don't have data, maybe this would be a good idea. Nicolas, if you want to add something from your side there, this is obviously not scientific data, but uh, from your perspective as a youth representative, 
maybe any empirical or any any idea in your groups what you know how early targeting of uh, the youth of children actually starts nicolas thank you um i'm in high school right now i'm a junior i'm 17 and i've done many presentations in middle schools where there's like fourth grade fifth grade sixth grade and for me, the youngest I've seen them is like 10, 11 years old, like pretty, pretty young kids that I would have never imagined me when I was young, smoking or using cigarettes. But now I see them, they're like 10, 11, and they're actually starting to smoke. And it's like a very common thing now. Thank you very much for that insight. Um, let's move on. I have here the magazine Reflex, uh, William Boucher, or Bouchard. Um, William, please go ahead and introduce yourself. And you will need to unmute yourself, please. Another call for William from Magazine Reflex. If I don't hear from you now, then we'll move on to Politico. Carlo from Politico, please. And Carla, you would need to unmute yourself. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me now? Now we got you. Perfect. Thank you. Um, my question is uh, regards the current the current COVID nineteen crisis. I wanted to know if tobacco companies were trying to take advantage of the crisis in any way to market themselves. Um, I'm specifically thinking here of one company that announced it was trying to develop a vaccine using tobacco. Uh, so that's my first question. Uh, my second question regards a study conducted in Paris that um, to test whether nicotine might have preventative effects against the COVID-19, the, the virus that causes COVID-19. I wanted to know if uh, you had any more information about that or could give any comment about it. Thank you. Carlo, thank you very much. And I understand that Vinayak, you might be best placed to talk about the uh, industry taking advantage of the COVID situation. Vinayak, over to you. Please unmute yourself. Thank you. Uh, thank you uh, for that question, Carlos. Uh, so there are a couple of strategies that the tobacco industry has been using uh, during the COVID phase. One is, of course, marketing. And in many countries, we have seen them uh, in shelter in place and lockdown where they've been marketing their products. Uh, in, uh, and then the second is lobbying. A very classic example, one which you're seeing heavy is in South Africa where there is a whole legal litigation going on in terms of essential versus non-essential. And then the CSR uh, kind of activities uh, where they are donating ventilators and stuff, more than 30 countries. And, 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 and then you mentioned the example of one of the industries trying to say that they're developing a vaccine. So uh, these are like almost 30, 40 uh, countries which have totally been impacted. Now, when it comes to the question of uh, the observational studies in a small sample size, which is uh, not peer-reviewed and uh, gets to be you know, anything which is uh, seemingly helpful is that's what the French study is all about. It's, uh, it's so that's why if you, uh, I would encourage you to look at the scientific brief uh, and the uh, Q&A on COVID and tobacco, which we released yesterday. 
uh, where we have looked at what is currently known in terms of severity of infection in tobacco and in terms of what we don't know, we have mentioned that very clearly. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Dr. Prasad. And for the second part about the study out of uh, Paris, I think, let's go to Dr. Krech, please. Yeah, thank you. And, and uh, Dr. Prasad just already referred to the two studies. Now, let me just add that we were uh, very surprised to see the uptake of um, uh, highly reputed journals um, uh, of these two studies, as Dr. Prasad said, um, were not peer-reviewed and actually showed huge methodological uh, weaknesses. Um, and that really made uh, the news around the globe, whereas about 20 other peer-reviewed studies and meta-analysis showed exactly the opposite. So um, we were surprised, but um, as Dr. Prasad said, we've issued now a, a scientific brief that gives you the latest evidence as of today. And uh, mind you, um, we always look at all the studies that come out um, every day. Uh, we gather the world's experts around uh, those studies to review, and then we come up with our guidance and the current guidance you see in that scientific brief. Thank you very much, uh, Carlo. I think that answers it. With this, um, we'll try again with William Boucher from magazine Reflex. William, please unmute yourself in case. Whatever is going on, William, I understand you're, you're raising your hand again, but uh, we don't hear you. So whatever the problems are there, let me then go back to Lisa Schlein from Voice of America for her second question. Lisa Schlein, please. Yes, hi, thank you. Um, yeah, first, uh, Dr. Kretsch, I'd like to, like to question you about something that was in the press release, WHO press release, which sounded a little confusing. You were talking about the industry has offered free um, branded masks and delivery to your door during um, the quarantine. This is part of a ploy uh, and has lobbied for their products to be listed as essential. What does that mean? How, what is their argument for e essential? What is essential? Uh, the, uh, the masks maybe, but they're not in the business of selling masks, I think. And then I have a question for Nicholas, if I may. Lisa, for that question, yes, indeed, um, that's uh, of course part of the of the tactics as well, right? So, is what are what are essential things? Are the food, right? Um, and the food stores need to be open, right? Um, then you need to get cash money, so bank machines and ven vending mach machines must be filled up and you need that. You, there's a couple of things you need to run um, your daily business to survive and that, that are essential services. Now if you want to say that tobacco is essential, we don't understand either. So South Africa also um, for instance, then um, uh, challenged that and, um, and said uh, tobacco is non-essential and was sued by the tobacco industry, right? So um, 
that these are the tactics um, that play into this. Now, um, free masks, of course, with the tobacco company logo on it, right? That's uh, that's a gadget, uh, you know, and again follows the tactics. But but it, am I still on? Well, of course, because yes. we oh. expect the follow-up. Yeah, good. <laughs> you know, you know me, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, that's interesting. Uh, the South Africa said that tobacco was not an essential product, and the tobacco industry is suing the South African government, claiming that it is an essential product. How is that going? Yeah, Vinayak, do you want to say something? Yeah, please, please uh, unmute Vinayak. No, we thank don't you. hear you. Thank you, yeah. thank you very much. Yes, South Africa is exactly that. Uh, the South African government uh, has uh, is fighting a case in Supreme Court uh, uh, where the industry is taking them to court and wants the product ban, uh, the sale ban should be lifted. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a similar challenge in Bangladesh where the current law doesn't say it's essential and the industry is fighting saying don't ban it. So the industry is using all kinds of arguments in terms of essentiality, in terms of saying the smokers are victims and not getting access. When it comes to, for example, masks, now again, a lot of country, but, uh, manufacturers in Europe have used influencers to say, oh, buy this mask. Uh, where, which shows, for example, the name of one of the big tobacco companies. And so that's a problem. So uh, it, it, they, they want to do uh, corporate social responsibility, that's fine, but not to promote themselves. So I think those are, those are the, there's a long list of uh, such examples which we can look at. Mm -hmm. May, may I, I ask my question to Nicholas? Or? Yeah, but Lisa, let, let me just um, say something more on oh, that. Sure. The, the, okay. reason, the reason why the tobacco industry is also doing this is because we see hundreds of thousands of people, of smokers, wanting to quit in, during this crisis. There's a huge uptake of um, uh, you know, uh, tobacco cessation programs uh, and a demand to us to support people in quitting smoking. And of course, they see their market uh, go, so that's why they actually uh, don't don't leave anything open uh, where they can interfere. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Elisa. I understand you had a, uh, a one for Nicolas Martinez. Yes, yes, I did. He's uh, he's the important uh, target audience here, after all. <laughs> Please go ahead. What, what what I would like to know from you, Nicholas, and, and bravo, always a pleasure to uh, see a future non-smoking politician that, uh, that <laughs> I'd like to know, why is it that you're involved in this organization? When did you get involved? Do you have a, is there a family history of uh, smokers and perhaps of some people dying? I mean, essentially, why did you get it? Why are you involved in this organization? And what kind of activities are you doing uh, in order to influence um, the uh, children or young people between 13 and uh, what is it, 18, 18 not to yeah, start yeah. smoking, not a good idea. Thank you for that question. Well, I got started with students who were getting tobacco about two years ago. 
And the main reason why I got started, it was because ever since I was like young, I would see my grandparents like always smoking, 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 smoking. And I lost both of my grandparents a while ago because of smoking. And I always told myself, hey, I'm not gonna smoke, I'm not gonna smoke. And then I got to high school about three years ago. And the moment that I walked in, everybody was smoking. All my friends, all the teenagers, like everybody was smoking and it was a very common thing. It was going on in the bathrooms and everywhere. And I'm like, hey, I know this affected me personally. I don't want my friends to get affected as well. I don't want them to die like my parents did. My grandparents did, I'm sorry. So I was like, hey, I need to do something. I need to fight against the tobacco. That's why I joined Students Reading Against Tobacco. And one of, another part of your question is, what do we do? We host trainings pretty much every three months to teach kids how to communicate with decision makers, how to communicate with politicians, how to be able to make meaningful policy change. Because we can talk about it, talk about it, but at the end of the time, it's gonna be policy change, raising the age from 18 to 21, um, stop marketing to kids, putting manners in making um, tobacco-free parks, you know, it's, it's meaningful policy change. And we try to teach kids how to be involved in local government and city halls and town hall meetings, you know, being involved and also doing meetings and PowerPoint presentations at our local middle schools because kids start to get hooked in middle school, which is like 13 to 15. So we need to teach them the harms before they even get to the first cigarette. Uh, may I follow up on a question with you? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, okay, good. I, I'm sorry to hear about your grandparents. That was the ultimate uh, <laughs> situation. It's terrible. Uh, do your parents smoke or, or if they did smoke, uh, I mean, did they smoke or uh, if they do My smoke, mom. are they inspired by your activities to stop smoking? My mom did smoke all the way until my little sisters were born about six years ago. And then she quit because she had four kids and she said she wanted to be like she wanted to see us get married and graduate high school and like you know she wanted to see all of our life like big moments and that's why she stopped and all of my parents and all my family is very proud of me working against tobacco bravo thank you thank you we have time at the end we'll come back with one more for you but i have three more in the line now that's um health policy watch uh, sweat sweat vijay you could unmute yourself please Hi everyone, can you hear me? Here you go. Hi, well thanks so much for taking my question. My question was really for Scandinavia because in these countries, ingestible tobacco products like snooks, that's what they call it, are really quite popular among teenagers. So do we have any numbers for this region and are the tactics used over there um, to attract teenagers similar to the ones that were mentioned today? Um, and finally, given that a lot of these products uh, have a higher concentration of tobacco and nicotine, if I'm not mistaken, in comparison to smokable products, is the damage that they cause proportional to that increase in concentration? So thanks so much for uh, organizing the event and uh, considering my question. Thanks. Yeah, um, let me just, um, uh, I, I can give you a, a figure for Sweden um, and the, um, you know, the youth smoke um, using e-cigarettes in Sweden, that's 8% um, using those products there. So slightly under the average uh, globally. Um, now, um, your second question with regard to the concentration of nicotine, um, while, um, as, as we said before, 
we are still evaluating all the evidence because like every day or every week we, we see new um, devices, new e-cigarette devices entering the market. Um, we see uh, more and more flavors, we see more and more tactics of that. Um, so to, to um, really uh, get out guidance which is ahead of the curve is not, not easy for us, but we're on that. Um, uh, but um, uh, of course, if you if you consume more nicotine than in a normal cigarette, it um, it should be more damaging. Thank you. I'm just looking at the panel. If uh, Vinayak, you want to add any or could any add anything on the on the snooze on the snook? Yes, uh, Vinayak, please unmute yourself. Thank you. I think so. There's only one country where uh, in Europe where the smokeless forms of tobacco is commonly used. That's Sweden. And uh, the rest of Europe doesn't use it. Uh, much of the smokeless tobacco is largely in Southeast Asia and South Asian context. And uh, 400 million uh, to smokeless tobacco use. And uh, they are as harmful. I mean, the oral tobacco, 80% of oral cancer deaths uh, in the world because of smokeless tobacco. So I think uh, we need to be really careful when we are looking at some of these forms which are being marketed historically in, uh, uh, to, to promote uh, uh, tobacco. So Sweden is the only exception and that's largely historical going back 400 years ago. Thank you very much, Vinayak. Um, I'll turn to People's Journal now and that's Mario Fetalino. Mario, please unmute yourself. Hi, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thanks. Uh, I have several questions for Ms. Uh, Adriana. Uh, the first one is, uh, there's, there's a lot of debate about e-cigarettes and heated tobacco products. For a smoker who doesn't want to quit, uh, what is better, to use a non-combusted product like e-cigarettes or heated tobacco products or to continue smoking cigarettes? Not yet. Okay. Here we go. The problem when you compare um, what is better that is very difficult in tobacco products, and it has related also to the question that your colleague uh, asked uh, before. Because when you think uh, something is better than, you need to think first, taking into account which disease. For example, cancers. Uh, the majority of the cancers that are the carcinogens, that they, so the, the substances that produce cancer the, in the different products, they are called a uh, class A uh, cancer carcinogens because they don't have a threshold. So it doesn't matter how little the amount that you are exposed to, it can be trigger a cancer if your genetics are predisposed to that. So in that point, it's very difficult to say one product is less harmful than the other. When you take into account the substances, some, some uh, products release more than one substances and less than the other, but still in this disbalance, there are more diseases caused by the substance that is bigger. That is in general, okay? The decision about if something is safer than smoking a cigarette, the problem is smoking cigarettes is so dangerous that it's very difficult to find something that is more dangerous than us already, okay? And sometimes the difference, uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about, and here in, 
and I will I will take the liberty of talk as a physician. That is what I am, and not as a head of the convention secretariat. Because, as I said, the convention has make a very clear decision of their recommendation to the parties on how to handle this issue. But in general, sometimes you think is like asking someone, okay, is how is more dangerous, falling from the 23rd floor or falling for the 11th floor? Okay. Probably at the end of the day, you're going to be damaged in the floor in, in both cases. But still, what we can say is that still there are discussions among the countries about the evidence uh, to say that the product is safe. Not safer, safe. Because when you are putting in the market a product that contains nicotine, that is a substance that is addictive, you need to be pretty sure that you are putting something that is as safe as possible. No? So, so the safer thing, maybe the safe, is not yet decided by the by the science. Okay, uh, another question. Although decreasing, the smoking prevalence doesn't seem to be going down at, at a fast pace. Uh, do you think that that if people stop smoking and instead use e-cigarettes or heated tobacco products, will it help reduce the smoking prevalence? Um, we are not sure about that. First of all, the, the prevalence of smoking is decreasing. For the first time in the, in the history, the, even, uh, even the uh, global population is still increasing in numbers, uh, the prevalence is And the number, the absolute number is also decreasing. But before the prevalence, the percentage of people who, who smoke were decreasing, but not the, the absolute number. Where now, for the first time, we are seeing that. If there is going to decrease the prevalence, I don't know, because while there are countries that they use uh, this product, they claim that this product can be used for cessation, what we, what science have seen is that many people stay using both products. They have what they call dual, dual use. And the dual use implies that you use one or the other, depending if you have it, in some places it's allowed to smoke or not. So really, I cannot tell. There is, uh, there are uh, one country and specifically that has is explaining that they are decreasing the prevalence of the use of cigarettes. That is, at the kingdom, but uh, that they, probably they have the the science. Uh, Mario, apologies if you have more questions, but we're about to wrap up. Uh, so if there's anything more you want to ask, please send an email to either me or Jamie Guerra on the on the note, and we'll we'll happy to link you up with Adriana or whoever is best placed. I'll come for the last question to Bloomberg, and that's uh, Corinne. Corinne, please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, I just have uh, two very quick ones. You mentioned that there was a huge uptake of tobacco cessation programs during um, the coronavirus pandemic um, and demand to you to support people quitting. I was just wondering, do you have any like data um, to back that up or to, to showcase that trend? Um, I'm asking because the tobacco companies during sales and earnings were saying that they didn't see um, a big shift in demand or uh, consumption. Um, so, um, that's my first one. And then the other one was, I was just wondering if you could name the countries where uh, these so-called advisors are going into schools to uh, quote unquote educate young children on using e-cigarettes. 
Thank you very much. We'll start with the first one with uh, Vinayak Prasad. Uh, I think Vinayak, you should have the answers for this one. Over to you. Yes, so uh, there are a number of uh, countries where the request for cessation has gone up actually. Uh, we're dealing with a request from Mexico, I'm just giving one example, from Timor-Leste, from Jordan, India, uh, which is seeing a lot of interest because of the ban which had happened in the initial weeks of lockdown. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of, even in debate in some of the cities in, uh, in China. So uh, uh, as we are speaking, uh, there are a couple of more countries who are wanting to get, uh, the challenge is to get available uh, counseling services. So we are now looking for new solutions, I mean, technology solutions to make available to help uh, those who want to quit. Uh, so uh, there, are, there are a lot of countries at this point of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, the uh, second question, Dr. Krech. Yeah, of course. Um, th there's many, many, many countries. Um, for instance, um, the Stan countries in the central and uh, eastern part of Europe, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan. We know that these are going on in Philippines. We know this is going on in Indonesia. So there's many, many countries. It's not just uh, a few, it's many. Um, but also let me just add one more thing on, um, you know, how they hook up children is, of course, also very much through social media. That is why our campaign now is very much based on social media, because now, uh, you know, uh, their um, advice, quotes unquote, um, uh, goes, goes live to social media and that doesn't know any borders. So even if you have regulations in place through the Internet, it's very difficult to trace. Thank you very much. And uh, um, we're coming to the end of this, and I thank everybody for being part of it. I would like to ask Nicolas Martinez one of the last, if not that last question. Um, Nicolas, if you are going to the webinar or to the, to the, to the workshop, you're saying, or you're going to schools, um, what, what do you tell other youths, other uh, young people to uh, for why they should quit smoking or how they could quit? smoking so very practical advice what's what what do you tell them why they should quit smoking because smoking tobacco is the only product that if you use it the right way the way that it's intended it will kill you it's extremely harmful for youth it's extremely harmful for anyone it will kill you if you like your life if you want to like have kids get married do like me i want to be a politician when i get older if you want to accomplish your goals, you need to quit smoking because most likely you're going to end up dead if you continue smoking. And we're just going to teach them and tell them, hey, this is the thing, this is the issues, and we're going to teach them that sometimes even the new e-cigarettes, they tend to blow up, like the batteries and all this product, you know, they're very harmful. You need to watch out, you need to do, although big tobacco uses like models and social media stars, and like they make it seem as if smoking e-cigarettes or smoking any type of products or like chewing tobacco it's a cool thing it's a high pain so you know if you don't if you're not doing this you're not cool if you do this you're cool type thing peer pressure you should never fall into that because it's more it's more cool to be smart and to be alive when everybody else is dead because they were trying to be cool during high school i think we won't even add any more closing words on this one Happy to wrap up this uh, press conference. Nicholas Martinez, thank you very much uh, for being with us today.
a youth Thank representative you from the students working against tobacco. Thank you. I also thank Vinaya Prasad, uh, coordinator at the No Tobacco Unit at WHO. Of course, Adriana Blanco Marquiso, head of the convention secretariat for WHO Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. And last but not least, Dr. Rüdiger Krecht, director here at uh, Health Promotion at WHO. My name is Christian Lindmeier. Thank you very much. We'll send the post-presser uh, audio files, the press release, and the corrected links uh, to you as soon as possible. Embargo is tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Geneva time. Thank you all very much.